to a sample sale, getting the shit beat out of you at a sample sale. This is Alenia. I'm Kira. Nice, Kira. Um, my name's Adam. Uh, I have nothing to follow that up with, but yeah. So this week, <laughs> it was my pick, and this has always been like in the back corner of my mind that I want to cover this. Mm. Um, I don't know why. I just kind of like panicked. Like, I feel like I always forget that we have a podcast. And then, like, you'll text me, like, the day before we're supposed to be recording. <laughs> and you're like, so what movie are we doing? Because I need to watch it in the next, like, six hours or I can't. <laughs> and I was like, uh, and I, like, panicked. And yeah. I, I was like, we have to do something good. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny because she's like, something good, perhaps. And then. Under that, she says, uh, confessions of a shopaholic, question mark. And I'm like, me having not seen the movie, I was like, I thought you said something good this week. Because in my head, I was like, oh, the women be shopping the movie. Because um, mm-hmm. I've, I've never uh, declared. So, yeah, as Kira said, this is her pick this week. Uh, in case you couldn't tell before even clicking on the episode, this is not a movie that I picked. Um, but... I had not seen this movie. I don't even rem- I don't know if I knew anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like truly at all. Like every five minutes in this movie, I was like, oh, that part. It was like Avengers Endgame in that way where I was like, ah, there's that. Exactly. Guy. The cast uh, <laughs> is insane. The cast is pretty insane. Um, so yeah, I didn't really know much of anything about this movie. I think um, just a few minutes ago before recording, I was telling Kira about it coming out in 2009 and it being like an Obama era movie. And <laughs> I think honestly, it makes a lot of sense. Like this feels very 2009. It doesn't yeah. feel, it feels like at the cusp of like, before movies were like, I would say this started happening in like 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. where movies like were like very inundated with technology and like very like, okay, this is modern day. Um, this was like, I think 2009 really was like that last hurrah of like what I would consider to be mid 2000s, mid budget movies. And this feels like that where there's not like an over reliance on like smartphones or anything. Like characters are just interacting with each other. They're catching taxis. They're like going places. They have to like <laughs> meet up with people in like public forms. Like, this is, like, a very New York comedy that I feel like we do not get ever. And so, that's why it's Obama era. Thank you. I, I, I yield my time. So are you saying that you liked this movie, Adam? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just curious. On, like, me, I can't get a good read on, can like... I Can I get a um, minute to breathe with my lawyer, and then I'll be back? Um, sure. No, uh, I... No, the truth of the matter... <laughs> The truth of the matter is, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, like, love it. I I thought, like, um, I have, like, issues with it. I think it has, it's very weirdly, like, muddled in, like, what it's trying to say, I feel like. And I have some feelings about the main character in, like, a lot of different angles. Um, But I didn't hate it. 
I it was it was a good watch. Like I was entertained. I, I like at every moment. I'm like, oh god, what's she gonna do this time? And then uh, she keeps doing it, whatever it is. And that was kind of fun. I don't know. Yeah, movie. you know, I think more than half of this movie being good can just be attributed to Isla Fisher just being like a gem. She's so. Yeah, I mean, I, I love her. She's great. Um, I've never seen her do anything less than just be an absolute star in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the first formative memory I have of her is Scooby-Doo, I think. I can't think of, like, an earlier movie mm-hmm. that she was in that I remember. But um, truly, everything she's in, she's great. Um, I will say, though, the character... It has nothing to do with her performance. It's just the character mm-hmm. at times felt like really dumbed down to where it was like, I can't truly fathom someone being this stupid. Like yeah. she is just but like, you a know girl. me. No, like this girl is like a bumbling idiot. Like she is so, and then like, okay, this just to get my negatives out of the way. Mm-hmm. I, I did kind of like the romance. Cause I like, um, is it Hugh Dancy? Is that his name? The, yeah. The main guy. Uh, uh, Hannibal Nation, Rise Up. He's uh, he's in Hannibal with Mads Mikkelsen on NBC. Great show, great performance. Love the dude. Uh, so it's kind of jarring to see Hugh Dancy from NBC's Hannibal in a rom-com lead after I've seen him, like, kill people. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but that being said, um, I, I did kind of like the romance, but on the other end, it was like, he is like this guy who is like reading, he's like writing about like classism and like consumerism and all these things, right? And he's just like amazed by her. He's like, oh, you are like the voice of a generation. You are like, and I'm like, no, she, like when, like where, like how, and what, you know, like she is, she's actually like incompetent. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I gotta say. <laughs> Like, not even anything against her, like, her character or anything, but whenever, like, in, like, rom-coms or, like, anything like that, where it's, like, a journalist, like, makes it big, it's always, like, the dumbest shit you've ever heard in your life. Even, like, 13 going on 30, where it was, like, sometimes it was, like, okay, like, sure. Um, This is... And again, I didn't like hate this movie or anything, but that was like one part of this movie where I just like consistently I was like, this is kind of dumb, like mm-hmm. very. And, and again, like, I just don't get why he was like so infatuated with her, because like I would have cut her off at the hot dog. Like, uh, <laughs> like I know <laughs> I would have cut her off at the hot dog. No, because it's like she first of all, she makes the worst first impression ever. Yeah. And then she gets to the job interview. And I'm like, oh, buddy, you're in for an out, girl. Like, like, <laughs> truly, let me at him, you know? And then, <laughs> but then, no, he's, like, super nice to her about it. He's like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, you you kept the scarf and you lied about your aunt dying? You're like, yeah, whatever, go off, sis. And it's mm-hmm. like, really? Like, you're just, like, going to let her off the hook? And then, like, she just keeps getting away with it. And I'm like, it's like the Aaron uh, Paul Jesse Pinkman meme. Like she can't mm-hmm. keep getting away with it. Like she just keeps getting away with it. I don't think she ever learns a lesson. Like, or she does at the end. But it's like, okay, there's no consequence here. Maybe I didn't like this movie. I don't know. I, <laughs> I think I'm just like I'm annoyed with it, but I was entertained. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's always in like movies like this that I'm just like, um, how do you wake up in the morning? And like, like, I know that you need to like suspend your disbelief or whatever when you're mm-hmm. watching a film, but movies like this and I guess like every single romantic comedy in the 2000s sometimes I'm just like how do you wake up in the morning and live (laughs) like it's movies like this like I I love I love this movie so much like don't get me wrong but when you're watching it you just like overthink about it and are like how does this woman like eat no yeah like she's (laughs) she's like literally a bumbling idiot like with um like at the end uh, spoiler alert like when her fucking roommate slash best friend like gets married and like moves out it's like okay so like is she gonna die now like is she just like what's gonna happen because like clearly she can't take care of herself and like Mm -hmm. even at the end like when she like quote unquote like learns her lesson it feels like okay like yeah that's cool that you like grappled with like reality or whatever and like you learned at like 30 something to like function and breathe on your mm-hmm. own but like it's like you're still stupid like I don't <laughs> maybe I'm being mean but like it, it just I feel like this movie dumbed her down more than they had to like I think you could have had the same movie the same message and made her like an actually intelligent person just dealing with these very real things and you could have made it a legitimately great movie. But I feel like the movie is so persistent on dumbing her down at every turn that it feels like almost like it negates the character. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it's like, at some point it's like treating her very, like very earnestly, I would say like, it's really like empathetic towards mm-hmm. like her, um, her, her urge to control, like being a shopaholic, but like, and I like the parts where it like was like explaining that, um, mm-hmm. I like the parts where she like goes to group therapy for it. I, I loved those scenes. There were some uh, some really cool visual moments in the movie, like where the mannequins are like talking to her or whatever. Oh, you like that? <laughs> I did kind of like. It was kind of creative. I don't know. I I like it in theory, but I don't know if I like it in like the way it actually looked. <laughs> I I thought it looked kind of cool in this movie because it didn't look like. It kind of, like, blended in, I thought. Like, it didn't look, like, overtly CGI. It just True. Like, it looked like an actual mannequin moving, and I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, I, so. Well, I will say this. Oh, no, go ahead. No, what were you going to say? Because I was going to completely well, change the subject. Well, another thing. This movie looks good. Like, I think it actually has some, like, good color schemes. And, like, mm. it actually, like, is shot well. Like, and yeah. it made me think about like wow remember when like not only movies but also like studio comedies had like color mm. like a truly obama era <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like i feel like something i don't know if it's because it's like in 2009 like almost in the 2010s but I feel like in movies where it's like a fashionista, I'm like, these are the ugliest outfits I've ever seen. <laughs> but these, I'm like, I would maybe wear some of these. They range from absolutely hideous to like really cool. And yeah. it's kind of incredible. 
Um, yeah. I yeah, I, I read one of my friends' letterbox reviews, which um, shout out to my friend Parties because she like just has the most random like letterbox logging ever. Like she'll watch like this really acclaimed indie drama that I recommended to her, and then next it'll be like Confessions of a Shopaholic from like April of 2020 and I'll just like read her in like she's always on the Zillennial like thing before we are so shout out to you buddy uh but she said the same thing like it's like how every outfit like ranged from like gorgeous to like hideous and and then there are some that are like in between it's like I don't know like it's kind of both like some of them look like shit but it's also kind of creative like I like the scene where she goes to um that sale Mm-hmm. And <laughs> she thinks she's what? What's she gonna buy? She she just gets the one thing. Uh, she's like gonna a, buy gloves. Gloves, and, but then she sees like the ugliest fucking boots you've ever seen in your life. Okay, wait a minute. And and you're just I would like, wear those boots. <laughs> Casey Musgraves looking ass. Um, I literally she, have. Look. Wow, Kira has just pulled out the boots from Confessions of a Shopaholic. Um, no, I wish they were those. They're just plain red cowboy boots. It's just like, I is so. Is this what like being a woman is like? Like actually, yeah, just beating the shit out of each other. Um, no, I mean like, is this like how? Okay, <laughs> because like I don't get it. Like, um, and by it I mean women. No, like mm-hmm. when you, because <laughs> it's like how do I put this in that scene where like, they are like completely going at it over like the ugliest boots you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You thought those boots looked good. Yeah. I mean, okay. I wouldn't Maybe. beat somebody over them, but like, I don't know. It's also it's... like, I understand when people have like shopping problems or if people have like problems in general and I'm not trying to negate that but I'm also just like well you know what I'm not even going to continue because you know that when I walk into Target I go straight for that like bullseye's playground or whatever and I just buy whatever is under ten dollars to like quench any thirst and then it just like ends up under my bed the next day so in many ways this is like you this is literally my life story you don't have to you don't have to sugarcoat it for me buddy you can love this movie I um Lord no- yeah, Lord knows I loved movies that you look down upon. Uh, so it doesn't really matter. Um, if you really feel seen quick, and heard by this movie, that's I love that for you. Really quick, can I just say um, Jerry Bruckheimer check? Uh, yeah, I did not expect that. Um, and I don't know if you noticed, but there was a scene in which she was in a taxi going through Times Square... She passed by the Mamma Mia marquee, and I said, oh, look, Mamma Mia, because Mamma Mia is, like, always in New York movies in the 2000s, because it was, like, so long-running. Um, um, but when it showed a shot of her in the taxi, there was a CGI, like, glare over the window, and it was a reflection of giant posters for G-Force and Prince of Persia as Jerry Bruckheimer product placement. <laughs> Wow. Um, that's kind of wild because those <laughs> movies, this came out in like February 2009. Those movies were like a ways off when this was made. That's that's next level Bruckheimer. That's next level. Next level Bruckheimer. 
No, that's like because Prince of Persia, I remember that came out Memorial Day 2010. So you're telling me it's like 13 months early. Or I'm probably going I think it's like 15 months early product placement. Kimber, so. you're goaded, bro, with the sauce. Um no, like uh that like uh, the the fucking Jerry Bruckheimer lightning crashing on the tree is Zelino mm-hmm. Cannon and also Touchstone Pictures. Is, yeah. Uh, the so Jerry Bruckheimer logo, it just it goes so fucking hard. Like Dude, when I fucking punch the Caribbean movie, only the first three, by the way. But one of one of those movies are about to start and the fucking lightning hits the tree. Mm-hmm. Or a fucking national treasure movie is about to start. Mm-hmm. You know you're in for a ride. And I'm not even kidding. Like, I'm not even being funny. Like It's so funny how, like, those logos are always connected to something epic. And, like... <laughs> dude, it is epic, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in the third Pirates movie... Remember, mm-hmm. Do you remember how that movie fucking opens? Like, with the the kid... Like, they're getting hung. Like, that's how the movie opens. Uh, mm, the, I don't remember. I, like, a fucking 12-year-old is getting hung for being a pirate. Uh... But I remember, like, all the other Pirates movies, like, when the logo comes up at the beginning, mm-hmm. you hear, like, the swashbuckling, like, epic score, you're like, fuck yeah. But then <laughs> the, the, the opening of the third one just opens with, like, the little boy, like, singing over it in the chorus. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, it's so dark. Um, I would like to cover those movies soon. Um, That'd be fun. I've been meaning to rewatch the first one. We should do it up until... Um... I'm going to Disney in March, and I would watch Pirates before going there because it's my favorite Pirates ride in California. Oh, you so, went to California? Okay. Yeah, unfortunately. Sorry, Adam. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, I thought that you were going to Florida, and I'm like, and I'm just now hearing about this. I'm going to your hometown, not even going to contact you. I'm just going to, like, I, hang out with all your friends. Like. I was kind of offended. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, sure, you're going to Disney, whatever. Um no, yeah, we should Would love to do that. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, not to go fully off topic, but I feel like a lot of um, people have been like resurfacing it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original trilogy, that is, because I can't really state how bad the other two are. Mm-hmm. But the OG Gore Verbinski trilogy, like, mm-hmm. fucking, cr- I mean, I may about you to crow when we rewatch it, but like, I, uh, I, I, I yeah. with all my heart. A lot of the a lot of the tweets that I've been seeing, like I wholeheartedly agree with because a lot of them are like which like I don't really remember a lot about the movies. Um it's just basically like why don't big budget action movies look this good anymore? But they also like sound amazing. Like yeah. um, I forgot who scores it and I apologize for that. Is it it's not Hans Zimmer, is it? I don't think it talk while i like i i can hear the song in my head there's um well my favorite piece of music from that entire uh the entire series like all five movies is um and at the end of the third one when will uh accepts his fate as the new like captain the flying dutchman after davy jones dies and he's like promising i i know these movies so fucking well when he's promising it's hans zimmer is it hans zimmer okay you googled it um i just googled um pirates of the caribbean music um, wait no wait come on kira hold on caribbean at world's end composer <laughs> god because kira kira is don't not, even listen to me do not listen it is hans zimmer no oh, okay. <laughs> anyways at the end where he's like promising elizabeth he's like i'm gonna come back for you 
and then they 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 embrace for like one last kiss on a beach and the sun is like beaming and the music is like just it's like crashing over the audience like a wave oh my god those movies are amazing brookheimer you brookheimer's the man dude he's really fucking good like is because can you can you i mean other than prince of persia and g-force can you name a bad jerry brookheimer movie I'm sure if I looked at his filmography, I could find a few. Yeah. I actually, I'm going to look it up right now. It's kind of weird, though. Like, this is Confessions of a Shopaholic is a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. I think he has my favorite um, logo. It's an iconic logo. Yeah. This, um, the Dimension Films logos. Um, the only one that's coming up is uh, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, so he he's not doing as much these days, but mm. his past productions are Jimini Man, uh, mm-hmm. Gemini Man, uh, <laughs> Twelve Strong. Uh, so I guess good. he I guess he split from Disney then, huh? Um, I guess so, because the last Disney movie he did was the last Pirates movie. Um, he did the Lone Ranger, which is maybe the worst cast ever in retrospect. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the last movie of his that I think I liked. Now that I'm looking at it, and oh geez, he did the Saucer's Apprentice. That was the movie I was going to mention because I kind of. But then, then again, I'm going off 13 year old Adam's opinion. I have not seen it since 2010. So insane. Have you seen that movie? No. It's like not. I mean. Oh God. I said the same thing about scary movie, but it's not bad. I, <laughs> I, like, I remember thinking it was kind of cool. It's just Nicolas Cage being a wizard for a little mm-hmm. bit. And uh, Alfred Molina's like a bad guy. And Jay Baruchel's like, oh, what do I do? And then like, <laughs> they just like, just do magic, kid. Hold and, up. Pause. <laughs> Pause. Pause. Um... I found a bad Jerry Bruckheimer film. Uh, let's hear it. He did fucking Kangaroo Jack. I feel like we covered that in the Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> he's he's still good at with the sauce. Um, no, I think Book of Secrets is maybe his best movie, and I'm not even kidding. Um, God, I, this just turned into a Jerry Bruckheimer episode, but I'm like fascinated by his career. I like I'm legitimately fascinated by everything this man touches because it all feels like very like you go to like who whose house do you go to? You go to like your uncle's house, but like your cool uncle's house, like mm-hmm. the one that just has like a DVD collection. Like they just have a lot of DVDs. They don't even they don't pay for anything else. They don't even really go to the theater. They just pay for DVDs. Mm-hmm. And you show up, and they have, like, every Jerry Bruckheimer movie for some reason. They don't even know who Jerry Bruckheimer is. They just own every Jerry Bruckheimer DVD. And it's because that's the canon, and that's the market that he sells to. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, if I'm going to find, like, a common thread between all these, I think he might be, like, friends with, like, I think he might be friends with Johnny Depp. And well, I, maybe with Nicolas Cage. I don't know if it's so much as like friends as like in my colleagues. Like colleagues, yeah, because like that's <laughs> the business, right? Like you have collaborative partners. You have, because um, I think one of his very first movies is. I could be wrong about this. 
Actually, I think I am. I was going to say the first Top Gun. Because I think the first Top Gun is, like, one of the very first movies. No, he did a few movies before that. Like what? He did um, Thief. Well, because I'm not even seeing anything. I'm on the Wikipedia page, but it says his first movie is Con Air. Go to his filmography, bud. Okay, don't condescend me. I... <laughs> Con Air was like twenty movies into his career. God, honestly, that's oh kind no, of wait, sexy. are you looking at executive producer? I don't. His know. first executive producer was Cat People, but what the Paul I'm... Schrader film? <laughs> wow, uh, he really said Schrader rights. Um, I oh, if anyone's wondering, he did what three Tony Brun- Scott movies in a row. He did like every single Tony Scott movie. Okay. That actually adds up. It's yeah. unstoppable on the list. His last, Tony Scott's last movie. Uh, 2010. It came out in November 2010. No, he was he was full Disney at that point. Well, that was Disney. It was Touchstone. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't. It was, oh. Fox. It was Fox. Prince of Persia and Saucer's Apprentice were his only 2010 credits. Um, Unstoppable. That's the lineal canon. That's a movie I would like to cover one day. It's like one of the last hurrahs of like very mid-budget efficient thrillers and tony scott is like the goat like he is amazing at doing movies that are just like very lean like mid-budget but like nonetheless super intense thrillers like just like a movie your mom and dad would go see on a friday night Mm -hmm. back when they like left the house like that's it's that kind of movie it's like a tnt movie but like good um i don't know i have nostalgia for movies like that that's the one about a train that can't stop, right? <laughs> when you describe it, it sounds so stupid. <laughs> but yeah, it's <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's like Chris Pine is like um, he works at like a train. Uh, he he gets hired as like a train conductor guy, and Denzel Washington's like a uh, repair guy on a train or whatever. And they're the only two people that are like brave enough to like get on another train and try to stop the one train mm-hmm. that won't. That, otherwise, it'll just like um basically hit a town because uh, uh, that's like toxic materials in the train or something it's like it's very elaborate it's very uh like intense and like heavy but um i remember seeing it opening night with my mom and i like loved it um that's another one i gotta we gotta cover so yeah hopefully disney plus gets that one one day since they bought the entire canon of mid-budget fox movies so speaking of, you watched this on Disney Plus, correct? Yeah, and which, you were surprised that it was on Disney Plus. I was very surprised it was on Disney Plus. In fact, um, Kira texted me, "We should watch this movie." Uh, immediate disappointment because I was like, "Oh, am I gonna have to go like on Amazon Prime or something to watch this stupid movie?" Uh, no, it's on Disney Plus. It's on uh, just it's there, uh, and that's nice. Um, mm-hmm. Disney Plus, say what you will about the service and the company and whatever, it's all valid, but um. Movies just look really good when they're on Disney Plus. Like this, the like the the quality control of that app, it, it's pretty dang good. Uh, it's ironic. Uh, Disney Plus is like has the most unlimited library, but everything looks amazing. And HBO Max has like the best library, and everything is just reduced to like 720 1080p. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of annoying, but yeah, yeah. Um... I recently got a Roku, and I feel like my whole life has changed because I can hey. finally, like, what? Welcome to Roku City, buddy. 
Thank you. I feel very welcome here. I love Roku City. Like it's so good. <laughs> every every person that I know and like my family's TVs all have Roku's. Mm-hmm. But like I was basically just using like my laptop or like my desktop computer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it just like sucks to like sit at your desk and watch like Euphoria when you're like, mm-hmm. I would rather be like half asleep right now. Yeah. <laughs> and no, like yeah. not watching Euphoria. Um I was a uh I, I was an Apple TV guy. Mm-hmm. Um and then I felt like I was someone that's like found Jesus in their lives. Uh, like before I found Jesus, I, I was an Apple TV user, uh, but no, I, I had Apple TV before, uh, I got a Roku, but I, I, we got a new TV and it has Roku like built into it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I even went, I was so convinced that I wouldn't like Roku that on, uh, Amazon, I ordered another Apple TV. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh. I was convinced, like, just try it. Just try Roku. See if you like it. And, like, within, mm-hmm. like, the first hour, I was like, oh, I love, I love this. It's so simple. And no, also, literally, the best thing ever is, have you ever done, like, um, what's it called? Like, screen, what's it called? Mir- mirroring. Like, Apple AirPlay, like, to the Roku or whatever. It's a little buggy now because, mm-hmm. do you have, like, an older Roku or, like, a newer Roku? I have a new one. Um, sometimes... Um, it's weird because like I feel like Apple is like locking down on security of like piracy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a little bit. Well, it depends if you're streaming from like an illegal site or if you're like streaming legally. So I guess because you stream legally, uh, it's fine. But it's getting harder to like pirate movies onto your TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, sometimes I like I, I do that a lot especially like for shows that I want to watch and uh, I don't have a subscription service to like whatever it's on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I love that. Um, just a little Roku hack for any Roku city residents out there. Um, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite thing with Roku is um, if you have the Roku remote app on your phone um, and you have any sort of headphones, you can do a private listening session uh, it's the best, literally. So fuck. When I'm staying up for like Mandalorian or like WandaVision or something at like 3 a.m., mm-hmm. but I don't want to like wake anyone up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I put my AirPods in. I I go to private listening mode, and I'm like surround sound 4K at 3 a.m. It's the best. Um, literally, no, it's really like, good. Yeah. Um, especially like when I want to watch like something like Euphoria. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> And I'm like, I don't want this going through my TV speaker. Well, I usually, <laughs> Euphoria, I mean, because I get off work at like 10 p.m. on Sundays. So I usually am just watching that on my laptop anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's not too big of a deal. But yeah, like if I had to be in the like living room or something watching that, mm-hmm. I would definitely want to utilize. This sounds like a Roku ad. It seems like this is like product placement. I promise we're not getting paid for this. We just really like Roku. This is literally <laughs> Roku is like the best thing. And anyone that has Roku that's listening, they probably just agree. They're like, yeah, we get it. Um, I actually updated my uh, city on my Twitter to Roku City um, instead of Orlando, just because I'm so. It's so cozy. I like I like to fall asleep to that too. Like the old screen thing when it goes it's literally i'm not even joking wait let me take off my background right now yeah kira has the mama mia background on skype and now she is showing me 
Uh, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, oh, you're talking about Roku City? Yeah, the actual Roku City background. Oh, yeah. Have, I don't have you think... seen that yet? Of course I've seen Roku City. I don't think it came up on my TV, though. Um, I think you have to, like, it's pause just the an falling actual Roku's. show. Yeah. You, have, you can't just, like, be on the homepage yeah. and, like, pause. You have to, like, actually pause a show for it to come up, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, like, will just stare at that for hours. Cause it's so detailed. There's, like, a robot. Yeah. Like invading the city, and there's like a blimp, and like there's oh, like when ads. there's like billboards for like the dumbest shit. Well, there's like a fucking um, like they they will like have advertisements for actual shows, but like blended into billboards of Roku City, which is like creative. Like I I love it. It feels lived in. I like. I want to see like a Paul Schrader drama in Roku City. I want to see like a Martin Scorsese <laughs> look. I want. <laughs> I want a documentary about the inner working society of uh, Roku City. Um, anyway. Yeah. And it, yeah, this was like a 10 minute rant about Roku, but uh, you're welcome. We're just going to really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors. Thanks, guys. friends and familia do you love movies are you a member of the movies by yourself club are you mentally in a nora efron film sounds like superyaki is the place for you the team at superyaki loves movies so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their lives to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them from super soft t-shirts to cozy comfy sweatshirts Superyaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Superyaki screen prints all of their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks. They ship with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. This month, be sure to check out a new collection celebrating La Familia, the Fast and Furious franchise. You already know that we'll be celebrating along with them. Also coming this month, a collection celebrating everybody's favorite Instagram chef, Florence Pugh. Keep an eye out in March for the March Madness collection, highlighting perennial favorite Mads Mikkelsen, and much more. Follow their socials to stay up to date on new designs and drops. And as a special gift to you listeners, you can save 10% on your order with code SUPERZILLENNIAL in all capital letters with no spaces at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies. Like, one of my favorite pastimes is just, like, which this movie falls into that genre of, like, folding laundry movies, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, I forget. I think, like, a director tweeted it. I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was, like, Edgar Wright or something. I don't know. But they were, like, they said that a specific movie is, like, a movie where you're, like, getting ready in the morning and you put one sock on and then you, like, get distracted by the movie and you, like, sit down and, like, watch the movie and not realize that you still have, like, one sock on. Yeah. (laughs) That's how I feel about this movie because I fully have a pile of laundry on my bed that I intended to finish putting away um, during the movie and i just didn't i just sat on top of it and watched the movie uh saturday i 
had I did the very dumb thing where I put on super bad, um, mm-hmm. thinking I could like actually be productive and get ready mm-hmm. and have super bad on. But no, I just like kept stopping. I just kept like laughing like every mm-hmm. like five minutes because it's so fucking funny. Um, yeah, that's there's a lot of movies like that where I just cannot focus. If, like if it's on, I sit and watch it. Um, mm-hmm. I do not miss having cable. In fact, I like my streaming services. I like being unplugged from cable. Mm-hmm. But if there is one downside to not having cable, it's not having the luxury of just like channel surfing and stopping at this one movie that you completely forgot about. But you're like, oh, I like that movie. And then mm-hmm. you like just start watching it. And then you spend the whole afternoon on your couch just watching it again for some reason. Yeah. It's... um. It's kind of really nice. Like, I feel like this is very much a cable movie. I was going to say, this feels like a freeform movie. Or, um, sorry, ABC Family movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this feels like one of those... It feels... <laughs> it, you know what it feels like? It feels mm-hmm. like one of those movies that's on ABC Family's 25 Days of Christmas. Even, but it's like one of those that's like not... You know, like how they, they like don't have the rights to 25 Christmas movies, so they put in like random movies like Harry Potter. Yeah, things that'll have like one scene during Christmas. Or even nothing whatsoever. Like in the snow. <laughs> like, no, some of them have like nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I saw Moana on there. I'm like, bitch, it's in the summer. Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> Moana. <laughs> but... it, takes, it takes place in a warm climate. <laughs> yeah, like, like, what is Christmas about this? Um, no, it's so fucking funny. And um, uh, Tangled, I remember, was one of them. And I'm like, is there, mm-hmm. like, what? What are you talking about? Um, but yeah, like, I feel like this would be in that canon of, like, yeah, we don't have 25 movies, but we put in how about on December 7th we put on uh, Confessions of a Shopaholic. <laughs> no, it's like a movie that's on preferably on a day when you're like homesick. Mm-hmm. Um, very Bravo cinema. Very. Uh, uh, I feel like this would play right after uh, Bridget Jones, maybe. Yeah, I can't remember what channel I like. I feel like I used to watch this, like, all the time, and I have no idea when or where. Mm. Maybe it was on ABC Family. I really don't know. But I absolutely have seen this Um, so many times. And I'm very familiar with, I have to say, some of the songs in this, which I like to believe that every single song in this movie is a fake song. I really don't think it's a real song. Um, I didn't recognize anything from the soundtrack. If I'm, yeah, I don't think so. At least, maybe. No. However, one of the fake songs just gets stuck in my head all the time, and it's "Do what you want, what you want, like nobody's watching," and it comes on like three times within the movie. Like, I have, I, I don't even remember that. Um, uh, for context, listeners, I listened to I listened. I watched this movie at five a.m. because I could not fall back asleep this morning, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, "What can I do?" And I'm like, "I guess I could watch this movie, uh, yeah. and, and save time like later today when I'm actually going to be busy." And that's what I did. And I finished this movie around like all, right before seven a.m. The sun was rising when this movie was ending for me. God, um, I wish I had that like willpower to live. I I it was it was rough because like around like the 80 minute mark when it, it was wrapping up but I was like I had to like clockwork orange myself with my eyes I'm like this fucking 
<laughs> me watching Confessions of a Shopaholic. <laughs> um, uh, no, 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 it was fine. Um, but we we referenced the cast earlier, but we didn't fully go into it because I think that's also part of what kept me awake for so long. Mm-hmm. Was truly like every like ten minutes, there's a new cast member introduced, and you're just like, what? Like most specifically, John Lithgow, who you think is going to be in this movie more than he is when he shows up Mm -hmm. but he's in like what three scenes and he has like the most inconsequential role of all time in any movie ever Mm -hmm. and i'm like who did you owe a favor to like what are you doing (laughs) in this role like this is a role that like fucking bob from down the street can play like no i'm like it's not even like a diss it's just like that's something that you hire like a non-actor to play Mm -hmm. that's like hiring him as like one of those twins from Uncut Gems that owes him money. Like, <laughs> I, it's like nothing. <laughs> Imagine that, just like two short John Lithgow's. Who's <laughs> this year heavy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, all the all the scenes and like offices or anything like that's my succession. I don't know what the fuck succession is about, but that's what it looks like to me. The way you would fucking love succession if you actually watched it. Listen, uh, I I'm not getting into another TV show right now. I I not to bring think. it up again. Not to bring it up again. I know that I would like it a lot. Not to bring it up again, but Euphoria is just taking every bit of energy that I have out of me right now. I genuinely think if you watch Succession, it would be dangerous to you. Like, the way you would <laughs> grapple with every single character and, like, identify oh with God. a few separate people and, like, just, like, completely deconstruct everybody. Like, it would be dangerous for you. So maybe it's a good thing, but I also think you would love it. Um... Yeah, I actually no. That's a show I'm surprised Kira hasn't watched because it's so like fully like up her alley to the right and mm-hmm. like square in the middle of Kira Street. Um, but <laughs> on square Coffer, in the middle of Kira Street on Coffer Boulevard. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, John Lithgow, um, Fred Armisen again, just like yeah, for up. some reason. Yeah, I was this like prime in the SNL days, two thousand nine. So yeah, I guess that was like in his like heyday. Yeah. Um, Ed Helms for like one scene. Um, mm-hmm. It's which, a good scene though. Yeah. He's, okay, I don't know if I'm just stupid, but like, so he plays like the self help person, mm-hmm. and I thought that was amusing. But his voice also sounds like the auditor that's like chasing her. So I thought it was gonna mm-hmm. be a tw- it was gonna be a twist where the self help guy is also an auditor. Because it sounds like they have similar voices and they don't show the auditor's face at first. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, is it going to be like a twist? And maybe I'm stupid, but I was like expecting that. So when it was just some guy, I was like, oh, okay. But I, I... straight up thought that uh, Derek Smith was um, Hugo Weaving. Um, who's Derek? Uh... The the um, deck oh, that's Oh, that's... <laughs> Mr. Anderson. I literally uh, <laughs> thought that it was him. And before they showed his full face, I was like, that would be hilarious. Like, that's such a good, like, cast. Um, if Hugo fucking Weaving was in this movie, I would have unironically given it five stars on Letterboxd. Um, what's her fucking last name in this movie? Like, whatever it is, just him, like, screaming that to the tone of Mr. Anderson. Um... <laughs> Rebecca Bloomer. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, green scarf girl. Uh, <laughs> um, but nothing holds a candle to the very oddly specific casting of her parents with uh, King and Queen uh, John Goodman and Joan Cusack, which audibly at like 5 a.m. Uh, in the Sidorius household, I went, what the fuck? Uh, at my computer because I I, I knew Joan Cusack was in it because I I peeked a little bit at Letterboxd but Mm -hmm. uh, uh, fucking John Goodman um, like and he's like not really doing like a lot in this he doesn't do much ever like he's he he pops up here and there like sometimes in movies he's just like a cozy dad in this well John Goodman's just about the best person of all time Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, like I liked his presence in this. Um, it made me wanting more. Uh, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> it, it, they feel very much like parents. Like I like, I don't know why, but like maybe my favorite scene in the whole movie is like not even a real scene, but it's just like that scene where like she's like making him wings and he like plops on the recliner, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, he's a dad. Like he's a dad, <laughs> dad. Um, <laughs> She's like brings a plate of wings to the living room and they live in a very modest mid-budget house, like a very like cozy little house. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay. I want to live with them. I want them to be my parents. Um, I <laughs> they're good parents. I like them. And I mm-hmm. I like that they kind of I, I wish they dug into it more because I think the beginning of the movie teases like how she loves her parents, but her parents kind of engraved this sense of like spending onto her at a young age and it teases that at the very start but it doesn't really like dig into it and i want mm-hmm. this is based off a book so uh anyone that's read the book please let us know but i'm curious if this movie like or if the book like digs into that more because that's a pretty interesting angle and at the end where they have like that little resolve between the three of them i'm like oh this doesn't really I feel stuff because it's Joan Cusack and John Goodman being cozy to their daughter. But, like, as actual characters, it doesn't feel like anything. You know? Yeah. Um, honestly, there are so many, like, like, I've read, like, so many celebrity blind items about John Goodman, and, like, every single one says that he's, like, a really nice man who, like, tips really well. Mm-hmm. I bet. <laughs> no, he, he he gives off that vibe tremendously. He's, he truly is a good man. Wow. All right. Where can I really find you online, Kira? <laughs> um, I. Um. No. Yeah. I mean, he gives off that vibe. Uh, there's certain celebrities that give off the vibe of like you do not tip. Like you yeah. have like an they have like an ethical principle about why they do not tip and why it's below them or blah, blah, blah. But then John Goodman's like, here's like $50 because you brought me a glass of water and you were nice mm-hmm. and you deserve it. Um, so yeah, I, I believe that. Um, hmm. The only good tipping story I have is I, I know someone who um, uh, someone served Susan Sarandon and here in Orlando and they said she tipped just very generously. So yeah. Shout out to Susan Sarandon for that. I guess. <laughs> Shout out to Susan Sarandon <laughs> for that. Yeah. Um. So. Um. There's a scene, that iconic scene, in which you mentioned it before, the like fight over the boots at the sample sale. Mm. So, 
Fun fact, just a little New York City insider information. The iconic scene when, like, the flyer for the sample sale, like, hits her in the face or whatever, like, whenever she, like, sees that. Uh-huh. Um, that, that moment happened in front of uh, Trump Tower, okay. where Isla Fisher's husband, Sasha Baron Cohen, famously took a shit. <laughs> Honestly, if that's not poetic cinema, I don't know what is. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, just that's figured I'd share that little um, Easter egg. No, that's cute. Um, I do like that. Uh, <laughs> damn. Uh, canonically, does this take place in the Borat cinematic universe? Do you think? Like, do you think Borat exists in this world? Um, or are they, is this a multiverse? Is this in a different dimension than the Borat universe? It's interesting to think about like different New York cities and movies. Mm-hmm. I think he could exist in this universe. Like, you could see Bo- uh, Borat, like, pop up at, like, any of these events. I mean, this was also 2009, though, so. Oh, so it would be Bruno. Um, gotcha. Because uh, Bruno would just come out. Um, yeah. But, no, I could see Borat, like, popping in to, like, the shoe sale and being like, why would we want? Or something, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> you have a shopping problem. Uh, <laughs> but truly and I, I, I can't overstate this enough it's kind of amazing how this is the women be shopping movie like it is yeah. the definitive one mm-hmm. like and I, I've teased it so much on the pod before and little did I know there's a whole movie about that like it's entirely about that um, <clears throat> and I find that fascinating I really do yeah, yeah. Women really do be shopping. Um, well, I don't. I don't know if you knew that, Kira, but I. I this movie taught me that. <laughs> yeah, it's literally like it's like Sex and the City Junior. It really is. Um, <laughs> it's interesting because yeah, I'm gonna show my daughter this just to get her ready for Sex and the City. It's like okay, you're not old enough yet, but let me show you fucking. <laughs> Confessions of a shopaholic. This is literally like when like middle schools like license musicals, and it's like Aladdin Junior. <laughs> a lot, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I guess then. Um. By the way, can I just say I am very excited to do that Sex in the City episode one day, just with, but only because I don't want to have any context what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. Like I want, uh, I pitched that idea to like several of my friends that actually watch the show. Mm-hmm. And every time I tell them that, they're like, that sounds hilarious. You should absolutely, like, not even read into it. Like, don't know it. Like, know nothing. Just jump in. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um, yeah, there's actually, I didn't read it yet, but I haven't bookmarked. There's, like, an article that somebody wrote that's, like, when did Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City get so rich? And it reminded me like this movie kind of reminded me to like go read that but I'm like it's funny how I feel like we talked about this recently how like journalists and movies are always portrayed as like which obviously like the whole point of this movie is that she like has no money but she also like spends so much money so it's like it's funny how like journalists in New York City are always like I have a cute apartment and I buy so many things and it's just like Every journalist that I know in New York City is, like, <laughs> tweeting about, like, please put me money. out of my misery. Yeah. 
subscribe to my <laughs> Patreon. I will send toe pics if you like me money. Please, can we have a realistic portrayal of journalists? Is there one, like one, one portrayal of journalism in movies that is like realistic? I think there's good movies about journalism, like from the angle of like be like that as investigative journalism. Yeah, investigative journalism. But there's nothing not like people that write for like magazines or whatever about like yeah about like the plight of being a journalist of like becoming a journalist. Yes, well, becoming or even being in a present moment. Like you've succeeded, and now you're like, oh, now I gotta write. Now I have to pay (laughs) bills with the money that I make. Um, I love in this movie when like <laughs> like the when the fucking debt collector is like just like calling her like crazy the first time and she's like about, she, I think she like lost her job or something and she says like mm-hmm. that's my income like what like what do you mean it's your like I it's yeah it's your income but it's also like your job and like were you good at your job like how are you getting away with it for this long it was also like if she can't get a job at a finance like magazine because she's like not good at finance she originally worked at like a gardening magazine and yeah she like there's like a long like like she's like looking at her credit card bill and she's going on for a little bit like when did i buy a tent like i don't like go outdoors or whatever it's like (laughs) then how are you making money working at a gardening magazine what are you writing about no literally (laughs) i and it's not that i we're just (laughs) we're just grasping for things to criticize about this movie no i think there's quite a bit to criticize here i think this movie again I, i i think this movie has a lot of good intentions i think it has like a lot of good ideas Mm-hmm. But I think I really think the downfall of it to not being necessarily a very good movie is the fact that it just dumbs her down. Like it deliberately at every turn makes her a very stupid character in person. And um, it doesn't have to do that, but it insists that the only way you can understand the struggle of being a shopaholic is if she's a complete idiot where I think the opposite is true. I think the movie would have been way more effective if she felt like a real person. Uh, and I think that's something that a lot of 2000 movies really grappled with was like, oh, can we balance uh, presenting a realistic portrayal of a woman in her uh, late 20s, early 30s, I don't know, um, in New York City and still make her empathetic? And like, yeah, dude, I don't know. Like, I <laughs> I, it's, I don't know. This movie is just, it's weird. So it's, it's a very weird movie. I think... Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's in that like mid tier of like, I think it's trying to say something and it's trying to say something about classism and also like consumerism and it's halfway there. But at the end of the day, I'm not, I mean, I get like the message is like spend when you can, you mm-hmm. know, don't spend on everything. Um, but I feel like it's going for something deeper that it just doesn't really achieve. And that's kind of frustrating because I see the constructs of, good there's good in it there really is it yeah. just doesn't fully come together for me have you ever made like a what's like your like weirdest most random fashion splurge that you've ever made do you think um so have you I'm, ever? so i'm like a guy right uh no um no i fashion splurge ah uh, fashion splurge i don't know 
Um, I, I just, I'm like the fucking guy from this movie where he's like, <laughs> I just go, I like, I'm like, ugh, give me the two by four and the, <laughs> and the, the number two th- by four <laughs> and the number six combo with the Diet Coke. You know, that's what I do when I go to a store. Like, I know exactly what I need. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I never splurge on fashion. I just like, I, I buy what I need to. Like, I don't even have a jacket right now, even though it's like 40 degrees outside. I'm probably going to go. Damn, Yeah. How are you doing in the cold, Adam? Not good. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> I woke up. Um, was it Saturday or Friday? Did you get jeans yet? I did get jeans. I'm you did. To get it. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> famously you didn't own jeans. Yeah, I I did buy a pair of jeans. I got it for um, I got a gift card for Christmas for a shop that I really like, and I I, I bought jeans with that gift card. But um, I'm proud. Thank you. Um, but <laughs> what do you call it? Uh, no jacket yet. Um, but no, that what Friday, I think it was. I woke up. It was in the 30s in Orlando, which like, mm-hmm. what? What are we doing, guys? And uh, also fucking ice on my window. Like, homie, what are what? Dude, what am I here for? What am I paying this rent for? Mm-hmm. For ice on my window? Get the fuck out of town, dude. What are the gators doing when it's this cold? <laughs> dude, like what? Yeah, it should never be this cold in Florida. I think the bare minimum it should be here is like 55. Yeah. 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 Anyways, to answer your question, I'm not doing very good. I can't. <laughs> I'm wearing. <laughs> I'm I'm wearing sweatpants. I never wear sweatpants. I wear shorts. Mm-hmm. You know. Hate it. <laughs> Stupid. I've been snowed in for the past two days. Well, that's what you signed up for. I, <laughs> I didn't ask to be born. <laughs> in general, not even in New York, New York, just in general. How are the Sex in the City? The Sex in the City gals ever like? Do they have any episodes in the snow, or is it just all? I sub- can't remember. Well, I you know better than me. I don't know. <laughs> I <can't>, I know. <laughs> Can, no, can you? Is there any episode where fucking Carrie Bradshaw is that her name? Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. I know so much already. Uh, where she's like, she has winter boots. Like, I'm trying to think, and like, if they did show New York in the snow, I don't think it was very accurate because New York City in the snow is like, it'll be like beautiful and magical for like two seconds, and then for like a solid two months, there will just be like puddles of dirty slush like at every single like intersection where you have to like go across the street dirty slush like i know i know yeah walking slush i know what you're talking about yeah like just like a puddle like and you think that it's like solid and then you like go to step and your foot just goes straight into it that's new york baby um so on a scale of um Let's say, I'm trying to think, uh, Marvel Studios, which is a one where they film all their New York and Atlanta, mm-hmm. or uh, Pizza Rat smoking a cigarette uh, on the subway tunnel uh, to the two by four F train to uh, Times Square um, to see Carrie Bradshaw being the 10 of New York accuracy. Mm-hmm. Where does this movie lie on that scale of one to ten in terms of New York representation? Um, 
I think this is maybe about a five. Um, mm. The only real like New Yorkness of it, um, like I recognize like some of the locations, but other than that, like the only real New York moment is the hot dog guy. I was gonna mention that that um, says, "Do I look like a bank?" <laughs> I like she's like, "I'll buy all your hot dogs," and I like the way he's like. You're going to buy 37 hot dogs? <laughs> and I, I literally said the same thing in my head. I'm like, you're going to buy 37 hot dogs? And he's like, you're going to pay 37 hot dogs? Uh, I love that guy. It made me want a hot dog at like 5 a.m. This yeah, morning. I could go for a hot dog. You know, okay, you have a Trader Joe's near you, which I didn't know until recently. Um, yes. Try their pigs in a blanket, the ones that are in like puff pastry. Delicious. I'm, I'm getting so turned on right now just hearing about any kind of you like, gotta try pigs them. in a blanket. Um, They're so uh, good. Dude, when I see a pigs in a blanket, I'm like the glizzy gobbler. Like, I'm just gonna like <laughs> fucking go ham on some pigs in a blanket. Oh my god. Uh, no, dude. I fucking love pigs in a blanket, dude. Are you kidding me? I love when you're like at an event mm-hmm. and they have like those as an appetizer and I'm mm-hmm. like, bitch, give me 20. Like I, <laughs> the craziest I, thing though, the craziest thing though, is like when you forget that they like exist outside of an event, and then you see them yeah. in a store, and you're like, wait, I could eat all of these. Things. No, my um, no, yeah, for real, dude. I um, my mom a few years ago for Thanksgiving, um, I maybe Christmas, I don't, maybe even Easter. I'm not. It was some holiday, uh, mm-hmm. but she made it like as an appetizer before the meal, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like wait you can just like make these at your own house <laughs> like you can <laughs> you listen can... behind breakfast food appetizer foods are like the best kind of food oh yeah i am um, i have a tradition uh with my friend nikki we like uh every uh so often when she's back in town we go to our local uh shout out to any floridians that go to ale house shout out to ale house mm-hmm. um but no, they have an amazing appetizer selection. And we just get drinks and appetizers. That's all we order. And um, their nachos, goaded. Fried cauliflower, amazing. Uh, spinach dip, to die for. Uh, they have pretzel bites with uh, beer cheese. Uh, uh, absolutely on my knees, foaming at the mouth, barking at the wind. Like, I uh, love it so much. Um, actually, yeah, I don't, what would you prefer? Breakfast food or appetizers? Mm. I love breakfast food so much, but I gotta say appetizers. Yeah, I don't know. Same. Like, I love a good mozzarella stick. I had mozzarella sticks yesterday. We're just making all of our listeners really hungry right now. I also had <laughs> pigs in a blanket yesterday. I don't even know what day it is. Those little um, spanakopita triangles, have you ever had those? Mm-hmm. Spinach and feta in like a nice oh, like flaky oh, pastry. Yes, yes, I am. Um, yes, I know what you're talking some about. Some mini quiche. I had, some. I had some lasagna fritters from uh, uh, Olive Garden the other night, and that was. What is that? It was holy shit. Delicious. It was so good. Um, or fried mac and cheese bites. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, AM fucking AMC has those now. I haven't gotten them yet, but I. I hear about them. Um, I think fried cauliflower is my favorite. Um, oh yeah, that's good. Have you had fried cauliflower? Because um, um, at 
Trader Joe's, they have a frozen General Tso's cauliflower. Okay, I'm, I'm going to... I'm saying cauliflower now. like you now. Cauliflower. That's I'm from how you New York, it. baby. We say cauliflower. 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 <laughs> Get with the program, buddy. This is how the rest of the world talks. Just like you say Mar- Mario is Mario. Stop. <laughs> Leave me alone. Fucking loser. Fucking <laughs> just like <laughs> just bullying you like in a corner. Like what are you gonna do? Call your mommy? <laughs> yeah, she's gonna shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, she can't even pronounce it right either. Fucking Mario head ass. Uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, fried cauliflower. Um, is <laughs> uh, no that um, and uh, the ale house uh, that I mentioned um, they have the fried cauliflower and it's served with the Korean barbecue sauce mm-hmm. and uh, boy howdy is that like if I get um, if the FBI hears this podcast and they hear me like uh, horny for Mrs. Puff or something um, and they arrest mm-hmm. me and they put me on death row um, and I get that like famous last meal uh, that's what I'm ordering, the, the fried cauliflower with the Korean barbecue sauce, because it's, it's, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm foaming at the mouth right now. It's really good. Yeah. Um. What do you think she would order for the table? Uh, fucking, uh, what's her name again in this movie? Uh, Rebecca Bloomwood. That's such a name. Okay, speaking That's of ordering... <laughs> Speaking of ordering stuff for the table, um, mistaken for the waitress, check. Um, right. I feel like that's such a trope, is, like, accidentally wearing, like, black and white to an event, and then they're like, you're a waitress. We, uh, we've covered something like that before, or, like, recently, right? Probably. I can't remember what movie, but, like, I remember seeing that, like, recently, like, very recently, um crazy um yeah that's that's something special um this is a weird movie i don't know i think it's interesting sometimes entertaining pretty entertaining sometimes (laughs) no so i mean sometimes it's like horrendously stupid and other times it's like charming and then other times it's um i don't know it's 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 a movie that came out in 2009. Uh, it, I think um, it really is the movie of the Obama era. Mm-hmm. Um, Just like I, how you said that the first movie of the Trump era was Lego Batman. Yeah, before the pod, I, I told Kira that uh, I'm pretty sure that the first movie of Trump's presidency, like the week after he got inaugurated, was Lego Batman. And... Um, um, I will not elaborate any further. Uh, that is the <laughs> defining movie of the Trump presidency. Uh, Joe Biden's presidency was the little things, I think. Um, so <laughs> it's the little things, <laughs> like oh, Batman and Confessions of a Shop. I don't even remember what little things was. The Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, Jared Leto movie. Uh, Jared Leto may or, or may not be a serial killer. And Denzel Washington and Rami Malek are like detectives, and um, oh, okay, uh, oh, I think I remember. Sucks. It fucking I think I remember. Sucks. It, that movie 
doinks, man. That movie's bad. Um, me and Joey were like roasting that movie for like five hours after we saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's really like, um, you know, I'm going to spoil it. I don't care. Uh, that movie, <laughs> uh, just a, a brief tangent about the little things, 2021. Um, that entire movie, Denzel Washington, his character is like hated by every single person he comes into contact with. And you're like, dude, what did you do? Why does everyone mm-hmm. hate you? And then at first you're like, oh, it's Denzel Washington. Be nice to the fucking guy. He's getting older. Like, be nice. <laughs> he's and getting then, older. <laughs> well, it's like he's like an old guy. And he's like, and you're like, oh, fucking be nice to him, dude. He's just trying to help, you know? And then <laughs> I swear to God, later in the movie, you find out the reason everyone hates him mm. is because he fucking killed a girl and mm-hmm. like, disposed of her body and then the coroner like wrote it off and co- they completely covered it up and now like every other cop hates him because he's like he got away with it mm-hmm. and i'm like oh yeah well like it's prose is like an accident he didn't like mm-hmm. kill the girl on purpose. he he like fired a, a shot mm-hmm. and the girl just happened to be in the like the side of the bullet uh so it's pointed as like oh he he's got to forgive himself one day and it's like no uh, and I, <laughs> in the movie, um, it's just like, it treats him like he's like a genius detective, but he saw, he doesn't, the entire movie, he doesn't solve a case once. Mm-hmm. He leads them down a dead end trail. Cause spoiler alert. This sounds she, exactly like the Biden presidency, Adam. Jared Leto doesn't <laughs> even end up being the killer. So he's, he's trailing Jared Leto for no reason. Um, and he kills a girl. So these are his three distinct qualities. And mm-hmm. I was joking with Joey. I'm like, he may be the worst detective in cinematic history because he kills someone, gets mm-hmm. away with it, doesn't catch the killer. <laughs> like He doesn't do anything. So, yes, he's just like Joe Biden in that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's just like Joe Biden in that way. He's just like Joe Biden, for real. Joe Biden watches The Little Things 2021. He's like, he's just like me, for real. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. President. I didn't. I didn't mean it. Uh, but <laughs> he just apologized to Joe Biden. I know he listens. But uh, hey, dude, you owe me money, so like, we're kind of even though. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening to my favorite uh, for my to my late review of the Little Things 2021, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> a year late. <laughs> a year late. Uh, so do you have anything else to say about I was like what are we covering the little things Um, confessions of a shopaholic (laughs) it's so fucking funny Um, uh, no this movie's dumb I don't know it's kind of dumb I thought you like it (laughs) why are you so offended I don't care I I, I don't know it's no it's like fine it's like watch it's like a movie I don't know Mm -hmm. (laughs) no it's (laughs) <laughs> you're just like talking yourself into a corner here it's fine i don't know i thought it would be better than it was you thought and... it would be better yeah silly of me um Buddy, no, I... this is the best you could get with a the movie like this recommendation yeah it's like i expected a good movie with the cura no way 
to the Magic School Bus theme song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's like, it's not terrible. It's just really dumb. But like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, it's like, of course it's dumb. It's a New York mm-hmm. comedy in 2009. And it's rated PG, by the way. <laughs> You know, this falls into, like, that uh, Bride Wars genre, where it's, like, targeted. Bride Wars. Shut the fuck up. Targeted but, like, specifically it's... to me? Yeah. That's, I, that's exactly. probably a movie that sucks that I'm going to have to watch, but. I can't wait to watch. I really wish I made you watch that this week. I'm going to kill myself. Um, But, what do you call it? That's another one of those movies where it's, like, it's PG, but it's, like, targeted to adults for some mm-hmm. reason but just because it didn't curse enough to get a pg-13 rating yeah and and then like i'm watching it as a child and i'm like is this allowed yeah i feel like this falls into that canon yeah uh it's whatever i don't know i don't really care uh i like john goodman john cusack's cool too um i like fred armison and i like john lithgow and i like isla fisher mm-hmm. actually i like everyone in this movie so yeah movies um the movies isla fisher after this movie uh because she she has come out and said uh that she's honored to be the first movie of the obama presidency Mm -hmm. um so i think the entire cast when he uh left office was like mrs obama it's been an honor uh (laughs) just collectively (laughs) down to the caterer um so (laughs) this came out in like january you're saying no, it came out in March. There's probably a different... Uh, yeah, there's... there's... <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying this whole time it's the first movie of the Obama administration. I, um, okay, let me look. Keep talking while I find out what the real one is. I'm not... Give your thoughts, and then I'll, and then I'll tell you what it was. My thoughts on this movie? I like I this movie. I've seen it so many times. It's great. Okay, I mean, you could have talked longer, but all right. You're... <laughs> Go on, girl, give us nothing. Um, I... <laughs> I don't have anything to say. You're the one that made me watch this fucking movie. What are you talking about you don't have anything to say? It's great, um, I already said everything I need to say. Um, when was Obama inaugurated? January 20, uh, 2009. Well, yeah, but a specific date. I, need a I date. don't know. January 20th. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're not gonna believe this. What is it? Paul Blart Mall Cop. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I need everybody to know that Adam's Skype background right now is the family from Fast and Furious at the at the barbecue. And when he leaned back to laugh about Paul Blart Malkop being the first movie during the Obama administration, he just disappeared back into <laughs> his family. Um, if I have to be accurate, like I was with Obama to Trump, um, the first movie of Trump's presidency was, very fittingly, Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, starring one uh, Mark Sinclair, uh, Vincent Diesel. Um it's also split the uh, Shyamalan movie, but I think it's more fitting if it's Sandra Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna do- I'm gonna fact check real quick the Biden mm-hmm. one because that was also January twentieth. Um, uh, let's see, what is that? Twenty twenty one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, 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 um. Well, I don't think. I guess it has. It okay. Technically, it is little things because there was not a wide release because of the pandemic in January. Mm-hmm. So this was the next movie. Uh, <laughs> so technically, yeah, on technicality, the little things is the movie of the Biden uh, era. Wow, so, we're really preserving film history here. I this is your these are like questions that people are asking, and I'm just happy to be the guy answering. This the is gonna show up in history books someday. <laughs> oh, um, Adam Zadorius with good with the sauce because he uh, provided this insight into American history. Um, this is what's on page 47 of the Book of Secrets. It's uh, <laughs> what movies came out during each person's inauguration. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, where can everyone find you, Adam? <laughs> you guys can follow me on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler. Um, you can follow me on my other podcast, uh, Gracefully Okay, um, where we are doing things and uh, other things. And on top of that, also other things. So that's mm-hmm. fun. Um, and yeah, I, I yeah, nothing else to plug at the moment. But um, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Garlic Emoji. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Zillennial Canon, on Instagram at the Zillennial Canon. Um, leave us some reviews, give us some ratings. Um, I never know what else to say. <laughs> um, yeah, no, keep doing that. Just do what you guys always do. You guys are perfect. Don't change. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. Bye, guys. Bye, Sean. Peace.